0: All right, everyone, it's Felicia. I'm going to start us off with a double facepalm. And the first one is that our before school process is a little strange and I'm still getting used to it. And I just feel like there's, even if we're prepared to go to school, there's always this mad rush right at the end when it's like either we're driving the carpool or someone's picking my kids up where it starts to feel like, almost like hurry and get your stuff and feels like grumpyish at the end where there's all this stuff that they haven't done but we think we're prepped or like their shoe missing Mm. or backpack missing blah blah and i'm not really sure how to solve it or if it can be solved because we'll feel totally like we have a ton of time and it's all relaxed and then it always feels like that in the last five minutes
1: Mm, and i
0: don't know what to do do
1: you have a culprit is it backpacks or shoes no,
0: I don't know what it is. It's actually, and when I say that, it's not really backpacks or shoes ever. It's always just like some random, like, mm. someone's dinking around in the garage, and I'm like, okay, we need to go get in the car, and they're kind of like off in the corner, or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody skins a knee, mm, right? Yeah. So we're getting mm-hmm. in the car. It's just something mm-hmm. weird something. at the end.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyways. Yeah,
1: that's rough. <laughs> I wish I could help you, but I cannot. <laughs> it
0: just is. And my second face palm is that. Guys, we recorded this episode already in phantom, in f- for pretends. We recorded this whole episode. And then, this is not a joke, It, my computer literally, I clicked over to GarageBand and it said system overload. That's all. Just in a little box and it was not recording. Yeah. Whatever that means. We were literally like,
1: I was on my last like two sentences of it and she just reaches over and like clutches my arm and <laughs> looks at me like, oh
0: no. <laughs> this entire episode we did not record. And not like... 10 or 15 minutes in, the entire thing before we noticed. We were just yakking away. Yeah. And it's valuable. It's valuable time. We prepped. We wake up at 5.30 (laughs) for this baby
1: and it was very sad. (laughs) Very sad. So, but this episode will just be twice as good. And it was a great, it was a fun conversation. Like I left and I was like, you know what? It's sad we lost it, but I had fun talking to Felicia. So that's a plus. (laughs) That shows we really love it, I think. It's true. Like I actually enjoy it even if we have to do it twice. So it's true. I actually had somebody ask me the other day, they're like, is this podcast something that you actually enjoy? Or do you, like, is it like a, to a me, chore? Yeah, like a chore. And I was like, I actually love it. Like, me I too. can legitimately say I truly enjoy it. So, and I do the I would do the prep work anyways. Like, I'd read all the books anyway. Right.
0: So it's, I'm already doing that. It's just making me think. And about I actually it more. already
1: talked to you guys all the time. So <laughs>
0: why not just record
1: it? It's true. It makes sense. It's true. Okay. So my face palm is that I missed peach season this year i've been going to ballet with my girls for like i don't know seven years now and there's a farmer's market stand right by ballet so for years in the summer i'm just at the farmer's market all the time like that's where i buy my produce and this summer i mean this year they didn't take ballet they both decided that they're not wanting it which is fine but I realized like literally guys, it's September and I was like, oh no, peach season, what happened? Oh. And can I have a peach tree? You might say, well, why don't you just grow your own stuff? And good idea. Yes. Very good. <laughs> um, I have a peach tree, but we're this is a new house for us. And so I didn't know when the peaches would be ripe. And they're like in the back corner that we never go in. And so I didn't realize that they were ripe until like the end of it. So we only got a few peaches, which is mm. very sad. I mean, like I almost cried over that one. Like but, under the peach tree, just yeah, weeping. it was so sad. And guys, peaches, fresh peaches are actually my favorite fruit in the whole world. I don't even buy them the rest of the year, but like during peach season, I mean, I eat them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm so sad that I, I kind of missed out. <laughs> but apple season, which farmer's market apples, like fresh apples, I don't have an apple tree, but- are amazing. They are, I don't even like Golden Delicious from the store, but from the farmer's market, they're my all-time favorite. With caramel, ooh, we'll link our caramel dip- it is so it's good, very, very good. And so I've got to go. And like,
0: orange season and pomegranate season will be next. Yes. And next year you can make up for it. Double time. Double the peach. Double time peach. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I
1: seriously, Lydia came in. She's like, "Mommy, the peach, the peaches are already ripe." And like we, I like ran out there and we're just looking at it and we're like, oh. "No."
0: <laughs> oh. So sad. <laughs> it's yeah, that's painful. Utah peaches are so good. Oh, sad. That is a face bomb. Okay, well,
1: today we are answering some listener questions. And thank you guys for sending them in. We love them when we get them through our reviews or on Instagram, wherever you can send them to Find the Magic Podcast Instagram or our individual Instagrams. Um, but thank you. I, we really love them. And we just keep a list. Like We literally just have like, an archive mm-hmm. of all the questions you guys ask, and we pull them out sometimes and just answer them. So today's, the first one we're going to answer is about oh this is such a good one about kind of the difference between helping our children develop their talents versus pushing them in a negative way so here's the question how to know if you're pushing your child too hard and or helping them through that process my five-year-old is in dance and tumbling and she loved both of them until she moved up a level in both classes she's with older girls in a different setting doing harder things I don't know if it's pushing her too hard and I should just take her out or if I can help her by giving her tools to work through this new stage until she's comfortable. She definitely has the talent, but I feel terrible when she cries and says she doesn't want to go. I'm at a loss. Thank you in advance for any guidance with your stuff. So, okay. So I have a few follow-up questions here. And sometimes with these questions, I wish I could just like have a conversation with Mm -hmm. the actual person. But my question is, I know she's moved up. I'm assuming because she has talent there. But my question is, can she move back down? Is there any reason why she has to stay there? Because she can still progress in the level that she's comfortable with, right? And at that age, five, I mean, five is just so young. So Mm -hmm. can she have a positive experience and stay with the younger, with her own age group would be an, an idea. I had a daughter who played up in soccer for a couple of years. She played competition soccer and she was playing up a year. And it is a fine balance between challenging them. And for her, it was so much of a stretch that it actually ended up just making her always... She like actually lost confidence for a long time Mm
0: -hmm.
1: with soccer because she was playing with people who were so much better. Like it ended up not being a good thing. Mm -hmm. So now she's playing with her own age and it's way better. So much better for her. Mm -hmm. So that's an option. And then here we have so i mean it's it's difficult because every family has their values of, what, of what's important to them right so for some families it's like we do music no matter what or we do a sport no matter what um i i think linda and richard air who have the entitlement trap is their book that we love um i think they have like part of their family system is everybody plays an instrument and everybody chooses one sport, but you're not stuck to that sport. Like you can change sports, right? right. But that you're doing some other physical and it doesn't activity. Have to be, yeah. Physical activity. I didn't mean to say sport necessarily. Right. But it yeah. could be dance or, or a team sport or whatever, but just so that like they're out there learning things and you can try as many as you want. So what I'm saying is every family does have their own values around this. For me and my family, our thing is we do have them. I do have them play an instrument and, Then when it comes to the other extracurricular stuff, I am all about them trying what they want to try. But once they commit to something, a team or a season, before the season starts, I make sure I say something like, okay, so this is if you're choosing to do this, this is what it entails. And this is how much you're committing to. And there will be times where you don't want to go. I know there's going to be times you don't want to go. That's part of almost anything in life that we commit to, Mm -hmm. right? But we are committing for this amount of time because, and depending on the thing, it could be because your team is depending on you or it could be just because that's what we're saying we're going to do, or, you know. But then once that season is over, so it actually cuts down, I feel like that conversation cuts down a lot on complaining. Mm-hmm. And if they ever do complain, I can say, well, at the end of the season, if you don't want to do it again, like you definitely don't have to do it again. But then I, I don't push when it comes to changing or pushing them into something harder. We might have a conversation about it. Definitely at five, I don't think I ever did. But um, when it comes to like, you know, competitive stuff. But I think it's difficult as a parent because my, so for example, my oldest daughter has a talent for, she's flexibility. She's a good dancer. Tumbling, all that stuff is actually her probably like natural gift, but she really loves soccer. So this last year, she actually decided to get out of anything dance, tumbling related. And now she just does soccer and then she does acrobat stuff with me. But and honestly, it was really hard for me because I was like in my mind, like... That's your talent. But you're so good mm-hmm. at this. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're giving up the thing you're good at for something that she luckily doesn't listen to this podcast, but she's not that great at soccer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But she loves it. And so we talked a lot about like, if you want to get better, here's some options. And and I just want to support her in that. So I I'm saying it's hard as a parent, I think, to kind of navigate that. But one thing I do know in talking to many, many, many adults is that if we want our kids to do things because they love it and sports can teach grit, right? Mm -hmm. And there are times they're not going to love it, of course, but if the benefit we want them to get out of it is passion for life and grit, then forcing them to do something is going to, as soon as we stop the force, they're going to let go. Right. And I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I love the sport. And then my parents just pushed and pushed and pushed. And as soon as the parents stopped pushing, they just gave up the sport. Right. But they could have they could have gone along with their own passion with parents' support, right? Mm -hmm. So support is different than pushing, I think. And so, and I think it depends on what you're wanting. Like, uh, I have a friend who this actually I had this conversation maybe four years ago, and it really changed the way I looked at sports. He's probably you know 30 years older than me, and we were having this conversation with a group of people, and his children were really athletic, and their goal was college athletics to get scholarships. And so he's like, we just, we pushed him, push, push, push. And I mean, he's like, we dedicated so much of our lives to these sports. And then like one of his kids got an injury and didn't even play after a senior in high school. Another one in ninth grade was like, you know, I'm done being pushed. And Mm -hmm. he was like, apparently like a prodigy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just done. Like, I I can't do that anymore. And he's like, I wish we would have just focused more on balance Mm -hmm. and grades and stuff like that. Because in the end... What do we want? We want adults who yeah. have passions that they love, right? If they love soccer, they can play soccer as an adult. Mm-hmm. But if we're just, if we if we push so much that they lose the motivation themselves, then like we've robbed them of something really precious, I think, which is the innate drive is what's gonna serve us for the rest of our lives, not outward pushing. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is I guess it's good to just ask yourself the question, what's my goal here? And is it to have them be in the Olympics or Is it just have something that they love and learn how to find that fire inside of themselves. And then once they commit to something, help them follow through with it, right? Because that's where the grit comes in. But I would say at five, if that were me and she has a chance to go back to her own level, I just put her at her own level. Yeah. But as I say that, I think it doesn't, really what you do doesn't matter as much as what is your goals here, right? And what kind of values are you going with? And I do think when it comes to pushing anything with our kids, we have this, like any relationship, you have your withdrawals and your deposits into the relationship, and any kind of pushing does a little withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So, you got to make sure you have a connection in other areas, that your kids are still feeling really connected to you, that you love them, all that kind of thing. And I think either way you go here, you can turn it into a positive situation as long as you're aligned with your own goals and you're feeling really connected to your daughter. I think that's what matters. But-
0: yeah, and everything you said made me think of two resources that might. My- help you. One is The Awakened Family or or The Conscious Parent, both by Shefali Sabari and them. But those books really help me remove myself completely from the outcomes that my kids have. Now, I still have those feelings, but just that mindset of, am I pushing her into this dance, tumbling, because I can see she has talent and a little bit of me wants her to be successful for me? Or am I doing this with the true intention of giving her the best outcome that I can? And that book just helps you kind of see that more clearly and question it.
1: She's really good. In The Awakened Family specifically, she talks about cello lessons. Mm -hmm. And it challenged me as a parent, just listening to her talk, because I was like, oh wait, hold on a second. Can we trust our children? Can we truly trust our children to be responsible for their own drive and progress? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's kind of scary to me because I have a whole society telling me that if I don't make them, Mm -hmm. then I'm...
0: They won't. They'll just sit down and play Minecraft all day. Exactly.
1: But if we remove the ability to play Minecraft and have addictive (laughs) things, you know what I mean? Like, again, to be clear, I'm okay We are, there's a whole different topic. I'm okay with screens and limits, but yes, if you don't allow, I mean, if yeah, that's their only options, they can just do screens all the time. They're going to choose that. But I think if we take, if we put that within a very strict boundary, which for me is they get a small amount of time once a week for that, Mm -hmm. the rest of the time, their brains actually do fill in with really cool things and they can tap into that internal drive. But it's kind of scary, I think, to release your children and actually let them lead that and support them Mm -hmm. I mean I feel like my parents I don't actually know how they did it because they probably looked at me and thought you know you should really do these specific things and piano was the only thing that like I had to do Mm -hmm. and I'm glad I'm actually that's the thing I'm actually really glad my mom made me take piano yeah in fact if anything well I wish I would have I wish I would have done better myself that's on me but I didn't practice that great (laughs) but um but I, I like what it did to my brain specifically with math I like what music did for me there. But with everything else, I just told them things that I wanted to do, and they just supported me. Mm-hmm. I never felt pushed. And when I actually look back and I picture them, if they would have pushed me, I think I would have actually not liked it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that was the other suggestion I was going to have is, you know, take this situation and really look at your child's personality. And I think the Child Whisper is a good resource for that. We'll link it. But I think every, type, every kid is different, but I think there are some distinct personality types that might – flourish with a little push Mm -hmm. and then there's some that would just completely clam up and shut down and maybe that's the kid that at five you would want to keep and and let her go back but I have my two oldest my oldest is really good with a push and actually kind of thrives on just a little push and my second will really clam up with a hard push and just give up complete like I'm not doing it stupid Mm -hmm. and so I think so that book will the child whisper kind of helps you Mm -hmm. like Figure that out. Totally. Little tips like that.
1: And she has a type three and a type four. Yeah. And that's a, like a perfect example of how they respond totally. to stuff. Totally. It's crazy how three is love the push. Yeah. <laughs> They're like th- the competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, type four will just shut down and yeah. say I'm not gonna do it at all. Yeah. So that that book I think might help you. Yeah. More yeah. In. You know that's probably actually the best advice over all of that. This is totally individual for where is who is your child here? Like what is their nature and what's gonna serve her the best. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we can talk all day long about what we think with that little five-year-old. But in the end, it's you as a mother knowing that this push is going to help her or or it's not. yeah. I don't think any of my kids, I don't have any type threes. Mm-hmm. So none of my kids really thrive on if I push them, like that kind of push where I'm like, no, you're going to do you're this no matter this. what. Yeah. It doesn't really work for me. And
0: it's interesting because I'm am a I'm a type three, so you always tend to parent towards your personality, right? Cuz it's like your nature. And so I really it's it's hard to to balance. So maybe if you're like a more like reserved and you clam up in situations a lot, then you're reading into that and thinking that for her when maybe she does need a little encouragement. So I I just mm. think that the child whisper can really eye-opening. Yeah, that's brilliant. All right. So our next question is not really a question and our answer is not really an answer, (laughs) but let's go with it. So um, this anonymous uh, comment and this mother was saying that all my kids are just starting school. She has kindergartner down to baby and she feels like she's juggling all the things, kids, being a wife, her home, organizing, self-care, trying to get rest, and it's just all a lot. And she said on top of that, she's feeling so disgusted, um, I guess that's the word she says, at the accumulation of stuff that she has. She's been trying to stay minimal in purchases of things, clothing, etc. but even just the consumerism all around me is exhausting to look at and be somewhat a part of. And we just wanted to comment that, we feel this wholeheartedly, and um, we just wanted to let you guys know that I think we're all—we all feel this a little bit in our society, with people just telling us to buy things all the time. And we have some episodes coming up on just thinking about this and how we address this with our kids and their consumption and materialism and the things that they want, and our own and. I think Terlin and I both feel like we know the things to do to be less of a consumer. I, I don't know how much I, I love the word minimalism because I think that sometimes people see that as an aesthetic, like the one spoon, one cup, everything's like clean lines in your house. And that's not really what I'm talking about. It's just more, how can we simplify so our stuff isn't running our lives? We're running our lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're coming to you with solidarity here.
1: <laughs> yeah. We just want to say that we get this kind of issue coming to us a lot and that yeah, I I feel like we've done so much research on this topic that I
0: know it in my mind, but I'm not practicing it. We're feeling like there's some sort of mindset switch that we need to tap into. And so that's what we're working on and that's what the episodes Figured coming up, up will be.
1: <laughs> but our only tip well, my only tip here that has worked for me in the past—I'm not practicing it right now—and it's inspiring me that I need to practice it—is my Amazon cart. Yes. I well, two things actually. Oh, as I say it, it's painful <laughs> because I'm not doing it and I'm feeling I'm feeling the prick. But um, my Amazon cart—I have a list that's purchased this month, and I just when I want stuff, I just plop it in the purchase this month. I'm saying this present tense. I'm not doing this right now. But in the past, I have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, you put it in and then at the the end of the month, you just look at what's in that cart, that little list, and then you buy the things that you want to buy. So it kind of, it helps in the moment because you're not just putting in some random list that you're never going to see again because then you just want to buy it. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, no, this is like this month. I'm going to get this this month. I really am. It's, it's kind a of soft like, buy. It's so kind so of <laughs> like telling yourself, I'll just run on the treadmill for two minutes. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But it gets you on the treadmill. It's kind of like that mind trick. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the satisfaction of like, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. But then guys, this is what's frightening. When I do do this practice, when I go to buy this stuff, 90% of it, I don't even want at the end of the month. Or need. Yikes. Think about that. Yeah, it's true. So now think about what I'm doing right now, which is just I think of it and I want it and I push by now. Yes. That's not good. What Mm -hmm. I'm doing right now is not good. But that tip is very helpful when I do do it. And the other thing is with groceries, same thing. Keep a list, and then for me, it's actually online grocery shopping. You can't go in because once I
0: go in, I double once every I go time. In, I, I triple all all my snacks, stuff. Get all what the about cheese. the salad bar at Harmons? That's my problem. The sushi. Grab the <laughs> <a> steamer. <laughs> it's you so go
1: deep down. But if I just keep a list and just go once a week and online shop, my groceries go down by so much. I mean, I want to say half. That might be exaggerating, but it's huge. And I'm not doing that right now either. But when I have done it in the past, it's magical. So those are two tips because we do get this question a lot, this like idea, this principle coming up a lot. So I want you guys to know that we're with you. I'm really going to try practicing because I'm done The research phase I've been doing for years. And yes, (laughs) I think the time has come. We just need to figure out how to actually do this, guys. We got to figure it out. So that's what we're going to be working on for you. We're going to figure out how to actually implement these kinds of things.
0: I think for me, I second all those tips and a lot of it comes back to like, impulsivity. And then, so on the flip side of that is intention, planning, and time. So like if I have time to plan out meals or plan out getting my kids school clothes in advance or whatever the things are, I can buy the things with a lot more intention. Or if I'm just like frantic and run to the store, I buy a bunch of stuff I don't need. I don't even buy all the things I need for the meal because I didn't plan it, you know? So like, I think that's a lot of it is like scheduling, like making the processes work to prevent the impulse yeah.
1: stuff. I would actually say for me, honestly, this is one of the biggest issues in my life. It can it's weigh my, on you so much. It's my stuff. Like I, I mean, when I go on vacations, I like things neat and I thrive. Like, I mean, I like become a different person in a good way. Like I I put all my stuff away every single time and I make my kids keep their stuff in certain places and like, it's almost like a whole, I'm a whole different person because I don't have so much stuff to manage. And in my own house, I feel like I'm just always overwhelmed by all the stuff that's flowing out of every drawer and crevice. And it's overwhelming to me. it's really hard to
0: just like be when it's like that. So honestly,
1: guys, this is, this is me just admitting really that this is, this is an issue
0: for me. (laughs) We're going to work through it for you guys in real time. Okay, and our last question is from Kara. And she asks she wants us to address the topic of raising your voice too much and your child's behavior not changing. And I
1: And this question of yelling. I mean
0: we get yelling yelling. all the time. Totally. And I think just out of control responses responses when you get to that point a little bit of desperation desperation with your kids when their behavior is just staying the same and they're just not listening to you. So I think for me, when I I feel like this is happening a lot, I go back to, are my kids tired or hungry? And then I go into our four pillars. So am I connecting with them? Am I being present with them? Am I Offering them unconditional love, so kind of like seeing that kind of goes to empathy for me. So am I seeing their side of the situation? Um, and then, Boundaries. So sometimes when our kid is acting out in our adult mind, we know the behavior that we want to see, but they don't really know. We haven't set a clear boundary or set up a clear system for the behavior. And so for us, it's really obvious because we're like in adult land. But for our kids who are not and they're lost in imagination or play or their priority is not the dishes like it is ours. What? (laughs) Ever. If we don't have that clear boundary and they're they're just like, Kim jong Payne calls it pinging, like a submarine like shoots out a signal to ping the tower. Like, where are you? Yeah, like, hello, mom. I don't know who they're pinging. I don't know is. who the submarine's ping, <laughs> but I like the idea of the ping. Maybe like bats. Like yeah. a location. Like, exactly. where are you? Send yes. something out
1: and then it comes back to you like, where are you? Right.
0: And if we don't have a clear answer in a clear, like consistent, like grounded response. If like one day we're like, woo, yeah, you can like play Minecraft for two hours, whatever. And then the next time we're like, I said, turn it off at 10 minutes. or like being really intense. If we're not like grounded and consistent, then it's more likely that those same behaviors are going to repeat. So I would say start, you know, what is it? Bottom up. So go with like the simplest thing and then kind of look at those. Behaviors and why they're not changing.
1: Yes, so good. I agree with that. I would say that if you are feeling like you have to yell to get your kids to do anything, and even then it's not going how you want, um, the few tips I would have are: one, this is from Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys, which I really love, is get close to them, which is the connection pillar that she was talking about. But I'm going to use the example here that so I don't, I don't actually yell because it doesn't like it's weird. It like makes me more mad. Like, I don't like the feel of it in my voice, Mm -hmm. but I would say like, so for me, my equivalent here would be like that frustrated voice where like my kids can tell, like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so, so I'm just going to use like a common example for this. So let's say if I tell my five-year-old from across the room to put on his shoes, because we're going to leave in five minutes, he's probably not going to do it. And this happens a lot. (laughs) If Mm -hmm. I'm like doing the dishes, he's across the room playing Legos and I'm like, Hey, go put your shoes on. And then, five minutes later, when it's time to go, I start feeling frustrated because I'm like, you didn't get your shoes. Where in the world are your shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you're in this frustrating time. However, if I walk across the room and I get down on his level, and I think she uses the example of within three feet. Yeah. I don't know. It's like three, three, and three. It's I don't even three, remember.
0: It's three, three, three something, but we can't but remember I don't even what the know threes are. What.
1: Anyway, either close. way, you're close. You're getting close <laughs> to them. You're touching them on the arm. You're looking them in the eye. And if I say... We are leaving in five minutes. We're all ready to go except for your shoes. Do you know where your shoes are? He's like, they're in the garage. Great. Can you go get them right now so I know you actually know where they are? Mm -hmm. And put them on for me. And then you can play Legos until we actually leave. Or, you know, if it's a thing they can leave out or whatever. But, like, if I do that, then magically it actually happens. Mm -hmm. And there's connection involved. Like, I've actually not only not withdrawn from the relationship, but I have it deposited in the relationship. So sometimes setting boundaries and actually asking for something you can actually be adding to the relationship so I, that'd be my first tip go up close connect and one thing you can't do you can't be rushed if you're gonna do this because when yeah. I'm rushed I'm distracted honestly for me it's almost always when I'm rushed which sadly is also one of my weaknesses I feel like this is just confessional here because um, being punctual Fuck. is like a, a thing for me but if I'm rushed this is very difficult to do so I would say give yourself plenty of time for things like this, but um, getting close to them, connecting. And then another thing that motivates me. So um, we have an episode called that we talk about the four tendencies, what motivates you by Gretchen Rubin. And it's kind of figuring out what actually helps you change. And for me, I'm a questioner. So for me, just knowing information really changes it for me. So for those of you who are questioners out there, who want a little motivation to figure out how to stop responding, I'm not even going to say just yelling, responding with anger of any mm-hmm. kind. Hopefully this is a motivation for you. And this that is that anytime we respond with any kind of really strong negative reaction to our children, they do not internalize what they're doing. All they focus on is what we're doing. So for example, in the shoe situation, if I yell at my son and I'm like, where are your shoes? I told you to put them on. You didn't get them. And where are they? Did you not put them away? You never put your stuff away. Like if yeah. I respond like that, He's going to feel, one, a withdrawal of love, right? He's going to feel like we're not connected. He might run out of fear and go find his shoes, but later it's not going to change his behavior with his shoes one single bit. He's not going to be thinking in his mind, hmm, she made a good point. I didn't know where my shoes were. Maybe next time I'll put them in the right spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. No, he's not thinking that if I'm reacting out of anger. He's just feeling hurt and probably defensive and probably mad at me, Mm -hmm. right? So... If what I'm wanting is long-term behavior, every time we react with, and as I'm saying this, we do this, people, Like, so I'm not saying beat yourself up about it, I'm saying this is inspiration to change, motivation to change. Anytime we react with that kind of anger, we are maybe getting something done in the moment, but we're trading it for not getting the behavior we want in the future, every single time. As soon as we stop pushing, as soon as we stop yelling, our kids are not gonna be doing the behavior that we want, right? So it's literally trading short-term gain for we're losing, winning the battle but we're losing the war. Mm-hmm. So, and the cool thing is, it's not even a war. Like this is not a war. Parenting <laughs> is not a war. So we can shift it to um, if it can be something like, you know, you connect, and maybe it doesn't go well, and maybe your kid doesn't have his shoes. This is a time also in calmer, easier, happier boys where she says she calls it a replay. Later, you can always go back and say, okay, so today. I noticed that we, you know, you couldn't find your shoes. And as you know, I was really frustrated. And you were frustrated. So what is something that could be better? And this is circling back to what Felicia was saying about just teaching your kids what the system is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have your shoe shelf when we come in. Let's try to remember when we come in, we take off our shoes and we put them on the shoe shelf. I think that will help for next time, don't you think? And have them be like, yeah. So you're just kind of replaying it. So next time this happens, what are we going to do differently? And it gives you the opportunity to apologize when you do react with anger and it shows them that it's okay. None of us are perfect and we can still apologize and connect. So it's really beautiful. We can always circle back and just Mm -hmm. do these replays. And I think it's helpful. And for me, it's way helpful because there are times where we have a pain point that comes up over and over and over. And it's like, we've just never actually found a solution to this problem,
0: (laughs) right? Yeah. And, or you've like every single time they know you're going to take it to like level seven, to get yeah. them to put the shoes on so like well i'm just gonna wait till level seven totally why would i do it when my mom's asking me nicely because she's gonna go to level seven anyways so i'm just gonna wait so i think yeah establishing that routine and then if if you're feeling like oh i'm frustrated my kids way over there i need to yell at them to get them to do that maybe think in your mind i'm gonna keep it down here at level two and and walk over like it's like a internal like control i'm not gonna let them take me to level seven, like I'm going to have the control. And I know that's not always going to happen, but I do think, you know, so many of you are like probably thinking in your mind, like, I think, well, I just want them to put their shoes on. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. Like, and yes, it is like sometimes. So I think just once you do that a few times, hopefully they will say, you are thinking like, no, in their mind, I know the system and I know my mom's like, She's she's in control of this. She's gonna keep it down here. So I'm gonna put them on. Yeah. She's got this. Yeah. She's she's keeping me in this safe little place. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I agree. I love those things. Don't rush if you can. (laughs) Stay connected. Go up close. Do replays when Mm -hmm. needed. Mm -hmm. And focus always on help them focus on their own actions by you not reacting. Yep. you we're the goal here is that we're responding right and we're teaching we're not reacting all the time yeah
0: all right guys we love these questions keep sending them to us you can also leave them in our reviews that helps us also all right let's find the magic
1: Hey everyone, this is Tara Lynn and I would just like to give a personal thank you to everybody who has left us a review. They are so kind. I seriously get like teared up when I read them. One of my most current favorites is from a mom. She says that our podcast came out about when her first baby was born and she'd listen to our episodes on every walk that she'd go on and she felt like she had like her best friends walking with her so I just want to let you guys know that we've had a lot of people say that they feel like we are their friends and I want you guys to know that we think about you guys all the time as our listeners and we I totally feel like you're our friends as well so I just want to thank you for leaving us a review and let you know it is so helpful for us and our podcast success when you do leave us a kind review so thank you if you are willing to leave us one you just go to search find the magic on apple podcasts and then you scroll to the bottom of the page and leave a review, and then you make sure you push send after you leave the review and give us a rating. Thank you so, so much, and hope you have a beautiful day. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle.
0: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brown cows.
0: <laughs>